0: Hey there, my name is Kim, and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I am so happy that you're here with me today. If you've listened to the last few episodes, you know that I've been talking a little bit about the power of your environment and surrounding yourself with the right people to help you reach your goals. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about is that when we surround ourselves with people who have big goals, when we spend time with people who are just a few steps ahead of us on the path we're taking, it opens our eyes to what is possible. We all have limiting beliefs, even if we don't think we do. If you don't know any women over 40 who can run a half marathon under two hours, you might not believe it's possible. If you don't know any breast cancer survivors who can do push-ups, you might not think that's possible. If no one from your neighborhood has ever become a doctor or a lawyer or an actor or has started a business, or has gone to college, your child might not think that was within their reach. There was a time in my business when I didn't think it was possible to hire a team. Who were those small businesses that had a team behind them, doing their accounting, editing their podcasts, booking them on podcasts, and creating social media graphics? It just seemed like there was no way I could ever afford to do that. But then I started spending time with people who were doing all these things, and I began to see how it worked. I began to see the inner workings of their world, and something clicked in my brain, and it completely changed how I thought. When I was setting up payroll for my social media marketing agency, Iris Digital Media Group, I spent hours online looking for a certain Kansas form, and when it came time to set things up for the state of New York, I got smart and decided to hire someone to help me. It was not worth the three to five hours of my time it was going to take to figure out all the different ways that New York State and New York City take taxes from your payroll. And I decided I could pay somebody to do it a whole lot faster. When you have an idea or a dream and you catch yourself saying something isn't possible, I want you to ask yourself why you think that. And if it's because something seems too hard or too out of reach, look around for examples of people you know who are doing what you want to do. Look at their processes, ask questions, and if you don't have direct access, find ways to study them through podcasts, their social media, any interviews they've done in radio, television, or online. And then also think about who else you know who is similar. And find ways to study their processes, of course, without being a creepy stalker. And if you want tips for doing that without being a creepy stalker, send me an email at at thepowerofrun.com. and I'll give you some social media networking tips. Now, I want to introduce you to today's guest. With over two decades of experience in the health and fitness industry, Melissa Gunn has worked with thousands of individuals over the past 20 years, helping them to regain and rejuvenate their health. She is the founder of Pure Strength LA, which focuses on helping women and men over 40 achieve optimal well-being. The mission at Pure Strength LA is to help people over 40 gain strength because it's the foundation of any health regimen and the number one factor in healthy aging. I hope you enjoy this interview with Melissa Gunn. Welcome to the show, Melissa. I'm so excited to talk to you today.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to talk with you and be on with you.
0: So today we are going to talk about supercharging your energy after 40, which I think is such a great topic, especially because I've been complaining the last few weeks about how I feel like my energy is drained and When we first got on here, before we started recording, we were just talking about how life feels a little bit different right now than it did a year ago, just with where our families are, what's going on with school. And so I think there's a lot of people that are maybe feeling like their energy levels just aren't really where they want them to be. So I'm excited about this topic too.
1: Yeah, well, it's such a hot topic. I think it was so nice to have all that time during the pandemic, that extra time. And now it seems like so quickly our schedules get filled up again. So it's really important, I think, to stay on top of managing all of that.
0: I know in the spring, when things first started to open up here again, all the moms were like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like everybody wanted to get together and let's have social hour and let's go do this thing, you know, because we could finally see people. And your calendar got booked up so quickly that all of a sudden we were back at that went from zero to all high stress again. So
1: yeah, it's easy to do. And then your sleep goes down. You're, you know, you just get in that busy mode on the to-do list. And so it's really important I think to stay on top of it and really do the things that make you feel good and give you energy and to be aware of that and keep those at the forefront of your mind every day.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the biggest things that drain our energy or make us feel like we don't have the energy that we desire?
1: Well, I think one thing is not moving every day. I think we need to get outside and move every day. It's so important. Even I think just to be outside in the sunshine too and take a walk at lunch or after dinner. That really fuels my energy. And also I think exercising for me, I always talk about strength training. Strength training is one of the most important things you can do. Building muscle actually gives you a lot of energy and it makes when you're moving throughout the day, whether it's running, hiking, cycling, whatever it is you like to do, it makes it easier. It makes everything you do easier. Climbing stairs, walking up a mountain. I took my kids to the zoo the other day and I was thinking, gosh, I'm so glad that I'm strong to be able to walk up those hills. And then I think that actually helps you sleep better. You're more aware of what you're eating. So you're eating more nutritious foods. I think a lot of times if we end up eating we really should eliminate sugar and processed food because that really sets us up for inflammation, sluggishness, and brain fog. So staying on top of those things is what I think about every day. So what do you say to somebody who says, whoa, 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 I don't have
0: energy, and you're telling me I need to exercise to have energy. So I know from my own personal experience that exercising does give you energy,
1: but it seems counterintuitive If you don't have that experience already. Yeah, I get into that sometimes because I get very busy. You know, I have two kids. I run a company and I get busy and I think, oh, how am I going to fit in this time to exercise? But that's when when I don't exercise, that's when I'm not sleeping as well. So I really know by now I need to make that a priority. I need to get outside. And I mean, even just I walk my kids to school or after dinner, we go on a bike ride or swimming with them. It's anything little thing I try and do. So, I find it really helps me sleep better. So, it's important to make that a priority. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time either. We don't have to go for two hours every day, it could be 20 to 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, I've told this story on the podcast quite a few times, but six years ago, I had breast cancer and I went through chemo or had a bilateral mastectomy. And then I went through chemo, and the chemo would make me. You know, it just knocks you on your butt. The one thing I learned really quickly because I had a habit of exercising was that if I exercised, it would give me that energy, or on days where maybe it didn't give me a big boost of energy, it took away the aches and pains. And I did a lot of short bursts of yoga just yeah. to be able to walk across the room on some days when the muscle pain was so severe. And yes. so I am just a huge believer in. You know, it doesn't have to be a ton, but just do what you can. Those little bits will really, really
1: help. Yeah, because everybody's at a different point in their health, right? It's, health is a process. So, yes, yeah, sometimes it does start with just 10 minutes a day. Like I said, it doesn't need to be two hours every day. It could be a half an hour. It could be an hour walk or a hike or a run. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot. It's really at your level um, where you feel better.
0: And when it comes to exercise, when you, get into that 40-ish age range, are there things that women need to consider like when it comes to intensity and hormones and things like that?
1: Okay. I always am very passionate. The number one thing I think people should do is strength training. And that is because we're losing muscle roughly around 3% by the time we turn 25 to 30 every year. That's called sarcopenia. So you want to combat that process of muscle loss. When you don't combat that process, you'll find your metabolism increases or your metabolism decreases, sorry. You're gonna gain weight. A lot of people in their mid 40s start complaining about, gosh, I can't get this weight off anymore. I can't, it's, it's harder, or they can't eat what they used to. And a lot of times it's just simply because they're losing that muscle. Stairs become harder, running becomes harder, a hiking becomes harder, anything really becomes harder when you lose that muscle. So I always say that's the number one thing you wanna think about is combating that muscle loss. And then that's gonna be easier to move every day. It also feeds into sleep. So the more exercise you have, the better you're gonna sleep, right? So, and that's a common thing. A lot of people in their 40s talk about not being able to sleep as well because their hormones are changing. So you wanna do everything you can to help combat that process. And there is a direct correlation between women and menopause and bone loss decreasing. So obviously I think most people know this by now, but strength training and exercise in general is one of the best things you can do to combat that osteoporosis or osteopenia. So those are, I think the main things people start facing and noticing once they come to the mid forties. And I do think a lot of it cycles back to the losing muscle as we age.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point too, about the osteopenia and osteoporosis too. Just a, another good reminder. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we focus so much on, oh, how we look, you know, yes. we're going to exercise so we can fit somebody's ideal, but yep. it's a good reminder that it's really important what's going on in the inside and we need those strong bones.
1: Yeah. And feeling good is priceless. I mean, I always tell people, yeah, how you look, it's going to reshape your body. The more you exercise it's, that's like an out added benefit, but really you want to feel better. You know, you want to feel good doing things that you love. You want to be able to sleep that to me, that's, what's priceless, like quality of life and just feeling good is just, it's a good feeling. So we touched on sleep a little bit. And I think that that
0: is something that is so important, but people kind of feel like that's a boring topic until. You're at that age where you're missing out on sleep. And then people want to know, what can I do to get better sleep? Because it is so important. Do you have any other tips? We know exercise will help us get better sleep. What else can we do to make sure that we're getting quality sleep at night?
1: I always talk about saying, like being consistent with your bedtime and your wake up. So, for instance, I try and go to bed between 10 and 11 every night. And then I wake up between 6 and 7 the next day. And my body naturally gets tired around that time. And I naturally wake up full of energy. So that I think that consistency sets you up to sleep deeper, actually, because your body is adjusted to that routine. And then the other thing is very hard not to be on Netflix or your phone right before bed, you know, like try and do something more relaxing, dim the lights, take a hot bath, do yoga, relaxing yoga at night's really nice. But anything that's a little more read a book that's a little more relaxing where it kind of tells your body okay it's wind down time. Also, I really advocate not eating too late before bed and not eating too much sugar before bed because that interrupts your sleep. It, you're not going to sleep as well. And even if I go out to dinner and I have a glass of wine, I'm really careful about just having a little bit because it does disrupt your sleep. So little things like that can help you sleep better.
0: I think it is so interesting If you pay enough attention to the stats on your watch or whatever device you wear, you can see the effects of alcohol on your sleep. Oh, I I mean, I can. I can see it. Like, if you pay enough attention,
1: it's there. Yeah. I notice it every time. And I've grown to not like that sluggish feeling the next day. I don't like that brain fog feeling. And so, and I noticed it if I have too much sugar a little too much alcohol, you know, it just, it doesn't feel good when you're not used to it. Definitely not. So of course
0: we start recording a podcast and the neighbor starts mowing and the dogs start barking. So it's just par for the course for me, but we are going to keep moving on. (laughs) What other things can we do so that we feel like we're maintaining that energy so that we don't feel like we have to take that two o'clock nap every day? I'm assuming some of that has to do with the f- foods that
1: we're choosing throughout the day. Yeah. You know, one thing that I do is I eat every few hours, small meals. So I keep the meals smaller. That keeps my energy up. It keeps my blood sugar from dipping. And it really also prevents me from eating too much food in one meal or grabbing for that sugar. And then again, the cycle starts. So if I'm eating too much sugar and then I'm more tired and then the energy dips and I want that 2 p.m. nap. So little, little habits like that make a big difference. Prevention.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's hard, though, not to reach for that sugary thing out of the cabinet when you're feeling that sluggishness,
1: sluggish feeling. Yeah, tired for sure. It's a natural response from your body. When we're more tired, we do crave more sugar. So, you just want to prevent that from the beginning as much as we can and get in those good habits. It makes a big difference.
0: And I always notice too that that's a good time to decide to take that walk or go walk the dogs. Or if you're in an office, walk out to the parking lot and back. Just get up and move a little bit. Go put your face in the sunshine. And a lot of times will be enough to snap you out of that exhausted feeling that you have.
1: Yeah. Every time I do that, my mental clarity increases. I become more creative. I feel better. My mood elevates. I mean, that is a really good go-to. I actually try and plan to get out at least once a day for even 10 to 20 minutes in the sunshine and walk around because exactly what you're saying, it makes a huge difference. I feel so much better. Do you have any tips
0: for people who can't make the time or aren't making the time or They just don't perceive it to be a priority. I mean, how do you take those
1: baby steps into taking those breaks? Yeah, well, I just think it's baby steps. So it's really different for everybody where they're at. One of the biggest things I think is just starting with those 10 minutes every day of exercising, making that a priority, building that foundation. I think that's number one. And then maybe it's drinking more water for somebody. Maybe it's just cutting back a little bit on the alcohol every week, because you, like you said, you become more aware of how it affects you. We don't realize how, what we eat or what we drink affects us. Drinking more water sometimes is a big one. And then sleeping just maybe even, okay, I'm going to go to bed every night at 10 o'clock. And then you're going to start waking up naturally. That can start a new set of habits for you. So it could be just one of those just to focus on one thing. And then it builds from there health is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. When we try and do it overnight, we don't really get anywhere. And we set ourselves back and we get frustrated. But if we do one thing, I mean, I look back from 25 years ago and I think, wow, I've come so far, but it wasn't like that in the beginning. It was just one little thing at a time. And you just become more and more aware and you want to just feel better. You become healthier and it just builds.
0: Yeah. I think that's funny because I'll be talking to somebody and They'll be like, well, you know, you do all this stuff. And I always think, yeah, but it's happened over many years. It didn't just happen. I didn't just wake up and decide, oh, I'm going to do marathons and triathlons and whatever. And I think it's also important to remember that to be nice to yourself, to be compassionate with yourself, to go with the ebbs and flows of your life, because you're not going to be able to be Miss Super Athletic every single year of your life. I mean, we have kids, we have jobs, we have parents that are aging, whatever it is, any feedback or ideas, tips related to
1: that? Well, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about this one client I have who it just took something that motivated her to be healthier. So it's so interesting for her. She bought a horse and she was probably 70 pounds heavier. And because she wanted to be able to ride that horse and not hurt the horse, it motivated her to lose 75 pounds and she's kept it up and she did it slowly. So every week it was okay, two pounds. Sometimes it was just holding the weight, but she just kept going and did it slowly. But it was that motivation to, she wanted to ride a horse and have a horse. So that could be different fun. for person. Yeah, that's fun.
0: So another thing I think that we experience as we start to get up in those years over 40 is that we start to have those little memory gaps, or we forget words, or we just, we feel like we're becoming more forgetful, or we just don't feel like our mind is as sharp as it was. And I'm speaking for myself too, kind of through all of the chemo drugs and all the things that I have gone through. But I think it's a common concern as you age, you want to stay mentally sharp, and you want to have like the physical longevity in your activities to be able to do whatever it is that you love. What can we do just to make sure that we're taking care of that part of ourselves?
1: Well, I think learning to manage stress. Hmm. Because stress really affects us. And again, it does go back to exercise and eating right and sleeping, but it's being aware of that too and finding those tools to help us manage that. Like you said, being kinder to ourselves. I'm um, creating that time. Like, I think a lot of us feel guilty to create time for ourselves or to take a nap during the day or whatever it is. We all have our thing and to just really be kind and remember that it's not really worth it in the end. You know, I mean, we just really need to, we don't, it's not worth it to stress about all that stuff because that really does affect our memory and it affects our sleep. And, you know, it's a whole cycle. So. That I think is a big one. A yeah, big stress
0: stress is a huge topic that we could talk about for a long time also. What other concerns should people think about when it comes to just injury prevention and the changes that are going on in our bodies there? Because, you know, we're talking about trying to move more. But what are some of the things we need to think about just so that we're not constantly injured, which takes us out of all the fun things in life, also.
1: Yeah, I think number one is not overdoing it. So, a lot of times, if we're pounding too much on our joints, if we're exercising too much, if we're not building up slowly, to you know, let's say you want to run a marathon, right? You want to do that process slowly and with integrity, right? So, I think building up slowly and not doing anything excessively is really important. When people come to us at the gym, we talk about just building up gradually with the weight so that we're not backtracking and hurting ourselves. Because really the key is the stronger you are, the more support your joints, tendons and ligaments have. So you're going to help support everything. So you're not going to hurt yourself as easily. Excessive range of motion. We don't have to do things if we're working out at home, for example, Um, We did a lot of virtual training. We still are actually doing a lot of virtual training and we don't have to like come back so far where we're going to hurt ourselves and tear something. It's a very small range of motion to get the benefit we need. And so if we're doing exercise properly and with integrity, you're not going to hurt yourself and you're going to get so much more out of what you're doing because you're not wasting your time as well. So I think that's really important. I think those are all good tips. And I think about as we start to get
0: back into normal activities or start going back to group fitness classes, I think it's also important just to be aware of where you are and know that you don't have to go from here to over here all in a week, that you can ease into things. But then also just really being aware of who you let in your head maybe. (laughs) Not trying to compete against other people in the class, not letting an instructor push you too far. Not that that happens where you teach, but those types of things.
1: It does happen. I hear that comment a lot, actually. And it's really hard because people end up with injuries for the rest of their life or something that they're managing for a long time. And it really is, you have to trust people know their bodies and we can educate them about the difference between joint pain and muscle fatigue because that gets hard And it gets scary when things start getting hard, but there's a difference and they are in their body and they know, and they're the one who has to deal with something. If they do get injured, you know, which takes a lot of time and money. So absolutely. When people come in, we always chart everything so we can make sure we're building up slowly. They're not getting any pain after each workout. And we're only going forward and getting them stronger. So I think any kind of program you're on you want to think about building up slowly so you can consistently keep building and then you look back at the end of 6 months or a year and you look wow i've come so far you're not backtracking
0: yeah i love that feeling when you can take somebody back and help them see all of their progress i think that's just one of the the coolest parts of working with people on their fitness is when i work with somebody to train for a marathon or a half marathon and you went from i couldn't even run Five minutes to, I just ran 26 miles. I just ran 13 or even five or three, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a really fun just because I think there's a lot of personal growth that happens with that. Yeah. It's not just the physical thing that takes place.
1: Yes. I think it all ties in together. Absolutely. Definitely. And it's such a good feeling. Like also when other people in your life will make comments to you and they'll come up to you and say, what are you doing? You look different. And we don't realize how we're changing sometimes, but you're glowing and your body is changing and you're holding yourself differently and you don't have back pain anymore. That feels so good. Sometimes we forget where we came from. So it is good to look back and revisit that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I love that you're mentioning things that again, don't necessarily directly tie to how much weight we gained or how much muscle we gained or we lost or whatever that you know you're holding yourself differently because you feel better you're not in pain you're more confident or you're proud of yourself you're glowing all of those things are benefits that i just think we don't give enough credit to
1: i agree and also you said this earlier but you don't realize until you're actually in that how much it affects you you know we talked about you don't realize sleep can sound so boring but when you're actually the one and you come to that point in your life where you're not sleeping then you realize, oh, I better do something about this. This isn't so boring. Say like I had a client the other day, his wife came to me and she said, Melissa, he could not pick up groceries three months ago. And you just build slowly and consistently. And now he's lifting everything around the house. She told me the other day, he's a different person, but it just came from building slowly. And the great thing is your body at any age, it responds, the body is amazing. You just have to do things a little bit at a time to help it respond and that feels good. I love that.
0: Is there anything else about energy and just feeling better after 40 that I didn't ask you that you want to make sure we touch on?
1: It really comes down to exercising, strength training, moving every day, eating nutritious, not processed foods, cutting down on the sugar, and then sleeping. I think that's really it's that simple and just start on one of those. Any pillar you want to start on, just start there. And then once you get that down, then you go to the next pillar. Once you get that down, you go to the next pillar. And over time you see, oh, wow, I feel so much better. And again, that feeling is just, it it just feels so good.
0: Yeah. I love all of those. One more that my doctor likes to throw in, because he'll always say, let's not overcomplicate this. And he'll rattle off the same ones you did. And then the other one that he adds in is, are you... Having connection with other people? Are you being around other people? And I think the social aspect is something that we forget about. And it's so important in this time since a lot of us have been isolated working from home or schooling from home or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's like food for your soul, in my opinion. I mean, it's like that's another way that it nourishes us. And we need that in life. Otherwise, we can just stay in our head, which is not necessarily a good thing sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yes, definitely. Well, is there anything that you would like people to know? How they can contact you? Do you offer
1: online classes? How can people connect with you more? Yeah, we do offer virtual classes. We offer courses. Everything's listed on the website. There's an ebook that I give that's on the website. You can download a free ebook that gives you more information about what to look for if you're going to look for a gym and how to start exercising. So that's really good information that people can start with. And there's so many options for if you just want to start getting healthier, you can start at any of those points.
0: Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I enjoyed being with you.
0: Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.